0: Welcome to The Porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics. By examining the Word of God, and especially the Book of Acts Church, we see how the early church served the Lord, and we do that to follow their example. We take a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God, because our desire is and has always been to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. By delving deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended and not the man-made one. The church age is not over. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you know that, and if you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, and you want more, then you're welcome to join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or write us at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do here on Firefall Talk Radio, go to the new, updated website. Website. <laughs> here we go. Website. Multiple ways at the bottom of the page to do so. Reach out to us if you need more information. We appreciate your support and encouragement for each and every one of you that do. We count on it. And uh, welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe to us there. If you need prayer or you want to pray for others you want to be a part of the porch community just let us know we'll plug you in remember that we care about you others care about you subscribe to us facebook instagram uh, x twitter the x twitter that's now x we're there aerial support if you are a part of srt's aerial support i hope that you have begun the coverage we have a new mission in the spring of 2024, and the enemy's reacting already to that. Asking for some prayer for some recent expenses here for the SRT mission and for some firefall equipment needs that have all of a sudden arisen. It always happens that way. But equipment wears out. Technology needs to be replaced. So we start out with praise reports and prayer requests. I praise him. For my salvation, for being here with you, for just being here with my family, with the clear mind, a born-again uh, inner man. Praise Him for His love, His grace, His mercy. He offered it to me when I didn't deserve it. Praise Him for my home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, furry kids, everything we have is from Him. Praise Him for uh, the angelic covering and the protection that He offers and the ministry that He allows me to work for Him and with Him. I praise Him for you, for each and every one of you, brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're on a journey, and that journey will culminate one day at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. I praise Him for the dreams and the visions, for for getting us back to our divine design. I praise him for healing virtues that are still available to us. I praise him for being able to praise him in everything, to make a joyful noise, to be able to blow the shofar. You should have been here the other day. Boy, I hit it good. It, was, it resonated. It just filled the room. I praise him for the renewed spirit man, the person that I am, in the Lord. And I'm so thankful the other one is dead and gone. Praise Him for the signs of the times, the signs that He's telling us He's getting ready to return. The Word says creation groans for the return, in this case the return of the King, and so do we, my spirit man, groans for the coming kingdom and the new Jerusalem. To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood and has made us kings and priests to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. For behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Amen. Yeah, let's pray. I pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, starting verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Pray for the peace. Pray for restoration. Pray for the 155 hostages that are still being held, some of them little children, to be set free and return to their families. I pray for this war to end as the Lord would want it to, in the way that he wants it to. I'm not going to get in his way. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the martyrs, the victims of injustice, those that are being persecuted. For divine wholeness, for health, for healing. So many things that we need. Uh, Healing in our bodies, in our hearts, our minds, our soul, and our spirit for you, for me, for my family. If you're sick, pray. Reach out. Ask for prayer. Father, I pray right now in the name of Yeshua for anybody struggling, hurting, in any way, shape, or form. Show them who you are. Reveal yourself to them. I say be healed in the name of Yeshua from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Believe and receive. I pray for protection, divine covering. That's Psalm 91 covering, for inspiration, for the Holy Spirit to inspire us and to, to wake us up and to allow us to rise up and answer the call to action. Remnant, listen, the time has come, and it's actually past due. we got to rise up. We have to support those that are on the battlefield and willing to go where most people won't go. We've got to support one another in prayer. We have to care about one another. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. Pray for more blessings to be a bigger blessing. That's what we pray for. Larry and I pray every day. Be have the blessed to go, to do, set the captives free. Live out Luke four 18. We're living in very dangerous times. I pray for his protection, that the enemy would be routed and defeated, that people would be saved, healed, and delivered, that he would be glorified. I pray all these things, if you agree with me, say, Amen. Are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Sorry about that, wrong button. I wasn't looking. While I was pressing buttons, I was looking at my notes. So don't think it's over. It's not over. It's just begun. We've only just be- no. uh Bible's open. A lot of scripture to cover tonight. If you get the list of scriptures, you're going to want to follow along. If you don't, and you are a supporter of the porch, we want to be able to bless those that bless us. You let us know and we will email it to you. I don't want to just indiscriminately email them out and, and um, fill your inbox with things you might not want. So we are continuing to look at an intimate relationship with the Lord. It's our foundation and the key to our spiritual existence. Do you know him? Do you know who he is? Do you know what he's about? Do you know what he thinks? Do you know what he's said? See, relationship will never fail you. It won't ever be forgotten. It will be burned into your heart and blazoned into your spirit. He's the key to our authority and our standing in this fallen world. The key to spiritual understanding of who he is and to exalt him in our lives. He is everything we need and everything we should want. Go with me to John chapter 14, starting verse 1. Yeshua speaking, read letters. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you, to myself that where I am, there you may, may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, I don't know, we, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that's pretty clear. Not multiple paths, not multiple ways. There's one way, and he is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. Believers Study Bible says in response to Thomas's question in verse 5, Yeshua gives a comprehensive self self-revelation to him. This is the sixth I Am declaration in John. And he does not simply show the way, he is the way. He does not simply reveal the truth, he is the truth. He does not simply give life, he is the life. All the concepts and abstractions are turned into a person. The way, the truth, and the life describe the three principal aspects of the exodus. The way out of bondage, out of Egypt, the truth which guides us, in living the Christian, the believer's life, the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, and the power to live a life pleasing to Messiah, the settling into the promised land of Canaan. Relationship with the living God through his Son is the promised land. Psalm 1 verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalm 25 verse 4, show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. Psalm 27 verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. See, the early church, the Book of Acts church, were called the people of the way. Oh yes, there is a cult church The way church. No, no, no. It's not what we're talking about. They were the people of the way of Yeshua. You see that in Acts chapter 9, starting verse 1 After Stephen has been martyred, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting is we go from Acts 9 to Acts 19, same, same. well, not the same person. It's Saul is now Paul. Instead of looking to imprison the people of the way, he is a part of the way. He went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe and spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples' reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Yeshua. I don't know Yeshua, both Jews and Greek. See, the Lord took a man serving the kingdom of darkness Knocked him off his high horse on the road to Jam- Damascus. Revealed himself to him, redeemed him, and put it into work for him. I kind of know what that feels like. He's the way he is, the truth. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Yeshua spoke to the Jews who believed him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now I hear that line in movies and TV shows, and they quote it out of context. It had nothing to do with Yeshua and those things. But truth is a part of the Lord's essential nature. It's who he is. There's no darkness. There's no lies in him. The father of lies has that distinction. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not learned so in Messiah, if indeed you've heard him, have been taught by him, as the truth is in Yeshua, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that. You put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. If indeed you have heard him, have been taught by him. Well, the Holy Spirit does that for him, but you're hearing him. Remember, my sheep hear my voice, and none other will they follow. Well, too many in the church are following false voices. Now, maybe the enemy's as good as AI, and he can spoof a voice and make it sound almost perfectly the same. But if you have ears to hear, you know the voice of your master. He says the truth. He says the word. What he says to you will line up with him and with his word. All of that, the truth is in us through the Holy Spirit. John fourteen seventeen, The Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And in case they missed it, he repeats it in John fifteen twenty-six. But when the Helper, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds, who literally emanates from the Father, he will testify of me. That's how you know the truth. You cannot know the truth without the Holy Spirit. You cannot know the Word without the Holy Spirit. The Believer's Study Bible says John plainly teaches that life is found in the person of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, because he who has Jesus the Messiah has life. And conversely, he who is out Jesus, the Messiah, has no life. 1 John 5, 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life, not now or in eternity. There's no doubt in the Word about this. The Lord didn't stutter. The, the disciples didn't stutter. They said it very clearly. Why is it so difficult? for people to grasp this and hold on to it. The Spirit of God knows the mind of God. He knows what God is preparing to do in our life. The Spirit of God then opens up our understanding about God's purposes and His ways. If you're in confusion it's because whatever that is causing that confusion is not from the mind of God. It's not in accordance with his word or his will or what he wants to do in your life. If there is confusion, it's because you're trying to implement into your life something that you want. You're creating an Ishmael and not an Isaac. You're creating his permissive will, not his perfect will. And if you force the issue, he will allow you, just like he did with Abraham, to create Ishmael's. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting verse 9. But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, which have been freely given to us by God. Again, you cannot know his way, his will, his word, without the Holy Spirit in you. It is not naturally discerned or understood. And again, he reveals himself through his word, which is why people who don't know the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, who have not fed on it, they get deceived. They get fooled. The enemy takes a partial truth and wraps it around a lie. And they go, well, that, that sounds right. No, it's not. It's not right. From a book called Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God, it says this, here is how I respond when God reveals truth to me in his word. I write down the passage of Scripture then I meditate on it, meaning I think about it. I dwell on it. I try to immerse myself in the meaning of that verse or passage. I adjust my life to the truth and thus to God. That means I agree with God, and I commit to take any actions necessary for him to work in the way that he has just revealed to me. As I leave the place of Bible study, I begin looking for ways God will use that truth in my life during the day if you don't apply what you learn. It's just head knowledge, and you more than likely will forget it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You hear the Word of God. You write it down. You meditate on it. You look at it. You understand it. What's the context and what's the content? What does it mean? What was the point being made now? Okay, I got it. I grasp it. How can I apply it in my life? I was thinking about this today. Larry and I were talking about, we was talking about the word. The person I was 35 years ago as a believer, Of course, I've grown. Hopefully, I did. If I didn't, we'd have a serious problem. You'd be listening to a child or a babe, which is (laughs) many of the pulpits and the YouTube videos. Anyway, I think back on what I taught back then, what I thought. Sometimes I shake my head and realize, oh, my goodness, Lord, I'm sorry. That was so way off, but... I was where I was at that moment. I was learning to walk before I could run. And then once I was learning to run, I had to learn how to run properly. There's a proper technique to running. So now I hunger for the Word. I dwell on the Word. I feast on the Word. Both Him written and the written Word, Logos and rhema. I fight for the word in the sense that it is vitally important that you get it right. And that's why we focus. That's why we do what we do. That's why sometimes a lesson goes four weeks and will definitely go five. I don't don't know after that. I think by then I will have gotten all of the I am's because I've mixed a couple together. I am the way. Because I am the truth and the life. That's what the Lord's saying. I am the way to the Father. I am the way to a complete life filled with joy. Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You make me know the The path of life, Lord, in your presence is unbounded joy. In your right hand, eternal delight. And he pleasures living with you and you living with him forever. That's what this is all about. It's not about gaining knowledge. Yes, it is about knowing and understanding. It's about applying and being. It's about eternity. It's about living the life now that he has for us so that we can live that eternal life with him in paradise. That glorious, wonderful time we all look forward to. Back in John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. This is the second part of verse 2. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. That where I am, you may be also. He wants us there with him just as much as we want to be with him. He wants to be with us. We're not guests crashing, uh, you know, a wedding or crashing of, hey, I I need a place to stay. Can I sleep on your celestial sofa? No, he wants us there. He wants you there. That's why he's changing you and molding you and, and holding you. We want to see that glory that Stephen saw in Acts chapter 7 while he's being stoned. Verses 55 and 56. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit and led by him, gazed into heaven and saw the glory, the great splendor and majesty of God and Yeshua standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened up in welcome and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That's it. That's the view that we long for. Over and over, the disciples and the writers of the New Testament were pointing towards the glory of the Lord and his standing at the right hand of God in the throne room in a position of authority and majesty. Romans 8, verses 33 and 34, Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Now he's referring to the accuser standing before the throne, accusing us day and night. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Messiah Yeshua died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Ephesians 1, starting verse 13, the amplified version. And I pray that the eyes of your heart listen to me. I'm not just speaking scripture. I'm actually praying over you right now. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, And so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power, dunamis, dynamic, exploding powers in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, with which he produced the Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority, and power, and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. The hope. In the New Testament, that word hope expresses a cherished desire along with confident assurance of obtaining that which is longed for. First Thessalonians 4, starting verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. Gotta stop. Lord just said something. Told me stop. Actually, I went about three or four words past the point he said, Stop. Sorry, Lord. Go back to verse 1 of Ephesians 1. No, go back to Ephesians 1, verse 18. I'm a little thrown off right now. That was pretty abrupt. Hit the brakes. He wants me to read this part to you again. I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of of your being may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance, and the saints which are God's people. So that you, you the one listening right now, will begin to know, because some of you don't know this, what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. You have that. See, these are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. We're talking about the Abba Father now, which he produced in Messiah when he raised him from the dead. Changed the dynamics of the entire universe, a paradigm shift in reality, and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. you got to know the enemy saw that. Every demon, every fallen angel, Hasatan himself, he saw it. He felt it. He knew something had changed Because Messiah seated at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but in the one to come. You have that hope. You have that confident assurance that what you're longing for, that relationship both now and then with him, is yours to be had. You don't know who you are in him, so you're seeking answers from this person. Let me go to this conference. Let me go to this event. Let me go to this church. Let me go here. No, you need by his word, by his Holy Spirit, to know who you are in him. I know what that's like. I had so many doubts and I was always looking for a word from Shelley or actually I didn't look too many words from too many other people. But then I got to this place and it took a couple of decades where completely confident I would go to him for confirmation, but one time he said to me, and I think there was a sadness in his voice, it was basically You no longer need me. The student has surpassed the teacher. You are so far beyond where I was. And, of course, that hurt me because I didn't want to think that. But that's what growth does. You need to grow in him. You need to get into this word. If you don't understand it, the biblegateway.com has a very reasonably priced uh, subscription. And you'll have access to every concordance, every commentary, every translation. Cheaper than the software which I've paid for, which allows me to do this. If you're really hungry and you really want to know, there are places to find it. Well, here's another hope. First Thessalonians 4, starting verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, To meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Think about that. For the Lord himself. Will leave that throne. Come down from heaven with the shout of command. With the voice of the archangel. Most likely Michael. Identified as an archangel. In Daniel 10 and Jude 9. And with the blast of the trumpet of God. And the dead Messiah will rise first. And those who are alive and remain on the earth will simultaneously be caught up, raptured, snatched up together with them, the resurrected ones in the clouds, to meet nigh in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. I go to make a place for you. Hebrews 1.3, the sun, capital S, is the radiance, an only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory. That's what bathed Moses on Mount Sinai, the light being the brilliant light of the divine and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his Father's essence in upholding and maintaining and propelling all things the entire physical and spiritual universe, by his powerful word. Remember, he spoke everything into existence. I believe he still speaks, and his resonance, his vibrational nature, the sound of his voice holds it all together, the same sound of his voice that he'll speak and destroy those in the Valley of Armageddon and all those against him. His powerful word carrying the universe along its predetermined goal. When he himself and no other had, by offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sins, and established our freedom from guilt, he sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. The perfect imprint. That's what sound does. Sound imprints things. It imprints the the atoms, the DNA, the vibrational nature, the rocks. He's the perfect imprint of the essence of God. You see, he showed us the way to an abundant life filled with him as the I am. If you're not living an abundant life, then I would suspect that your relationship with him is not what it should be. Maybe your relationship with him is based upon another person. Maybe someone led you to the Lord, and you're still a, you're still attached to that person, thinking that well, every word I get, every every it must come, this must come from this doorway. I'm I'm going to go in the doorway of this building. This is where my life is. No, 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 no. He's the door of the sheep. John ten. 7. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Who has ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life And that they may have it more abundantly. I came, Yeshua said, that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Relationship, intimacy with Him. That's what this is all about. He is the door to salvation. He is the door to an eternity with Him and the Father. No other way, no other way but Jesus. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. As many as I love, I rebuke and I correct, I chastise, I chasten. So be zealous and repent. Don't moan, groan, cry, oh, woe is me, or try to argue your way out of it as little children do when they've caught by their parents. Just repent. Answer the door. See, knocking on your heart right now, some of you I know over the last couple of weeks from this message, he's been knocking on your heart. He's been saying, let me in. I want all of you. I want a full relationship with you. And he wants to dine with you. Be zealous, repent, be ready for his return. He's taking us to a place that he has prepared for us. Why? Because he desires an intimate relationship with us. Telo, table fellowship, a meal, to dine with us is a sign of intimacy with special guests. He paid for the ticket. He paid for the meal. It's his table. You're invited in to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Why wouldn't you want to go? Why wouldn't you want to take others with you? Why wouldn't you want to tell them about this? Is your fear of rejection and and their opinion so great that you would rob them of eternity? I pray it isn't. Therefore, Paul says in Colossians 3, verse 1, Therefore, if you have been raised with Messiah to a new life, sharing his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Messiah is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, keep focused habitually on the things above the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which are only temporal value. For you have died to this world. And your new, real life is hidden with Messiah and God. when Messiah, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You can't have a life without him. oh, you can be alive, but you're not you're not living. Our life is in him, in him we live and move and have our being. C.S. Lewis says, if you read history, you will find that Christians who did the most for this present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. See, that Book of Acts church, when people say the early church, they mean the first century church. And I guess that would be the case because John died in 90, I think 90 AD. I call it the Book of Acts church, so we're really clear who we're talking about. They were committed to the call the way I put it is they had a, their eye on the job, the calling, and their, their eye on the sky looking for him. And everything they did was towards that goal. We have lost that eye on the sky. We have lost that longing for eternity. We have lost that excitement for his return. And we've gotten caught up in the mundane. We've gotten caught up in the terrestrial. And we've lost the, the perspective of the heavenly. They had their eye They knew. That's why Paul says in First Thessalonians 4, just like I read before, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven. See, they were looking for that with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel announcing the... The arrival of the king, and with the trumpet call of God, some think it's a divine shofar. Some think it's, it's the silver uh, horns from the from the heaven. It may be both. I don't know. I've always seen and heard a shofar in the spirit, but blown by Michael. Whew! That's going to have some vibration to it. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Won't that be an awesome sight? And then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, snatched up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. See, Daniel mentioned this in Daniel chapter seven. I was watching in the night visions, verses 13 and 14. And behold, one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And then to him who was given dominion and glory in a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away in his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed this is our lord this is our glorious king this is our savior if you want that walk that you desire then you need to focus on your relationship with him everything you study in the word every intention every you know uh, it's got to be about him and here's what the enemy does he's so subtle he's diabolically brilliant he doesn't care if you study he wants you to study the wrong things hey isn't that fascinating over there why don't you focus on that don't worry about this blood thing and the cross thing and the empty tomb thing look look how fascinating that is your friends would your friends would react to that they'd want to hear that more than they want to hear this blood thing He gets into your mind, he whispers in your ears, he whispers into the ears of the teachers and the preachers and those people that believe that they're telling the truth and they're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Get your eyes on him. Oh, I love him. Okay, you do, that's great. What do you know about him? What do you know about what he said? What do you know about what he did? What about the woman with the issue of blood? What was that all about? Hey, what about the Sumerian woman where he, he said about the, the crumbs are not given to the dog? Woo, dogs. He just called this woman a dog. What's up with that? What did he mean? What about the woman at the well? What was that all about? Jairus' daughter? Um, The Roman centurion? Now to Transfiguration, what he said to the disciples when he came off the mountain, frustrated they couldn't get the boy delivered. How long do I have to put up with you? What did he mean? What was he thinking? What was going on? See, if you know somebody well, if you worship, if you're obsessed with someone, you learn that. People get obsessed with movie stars and athletes and they know everything about them. I know I was like that with Elvis, that was my idol. I knew everything about him that could be known that was publicly available at that time. And later on, things that were shown to me by familiar spirits. This is the only one you should idolize, Yeshua, the King. This is the only one you should want to know everything about. Because our citizenship is not here. It's in heaven, Philippians 3, 17 through 21, brethren, join in following my example, Paul says, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I've told you often now and tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Messiah, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Remember, he's talking to the church about the church. He's talking about the false teachers and preachers. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Adonai, Yeshua, Hamashiach, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. We are citizens of the state, a commonwealth, homeland, heaven. And from it, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, a Savior. Are you getting the pattern here? What he said and what they did lined up with I am the way, the truth, and the life who will transform and fashion a new body that our body will be like his glorified body. Wouldn't that be great? No more pain, no more suffering, no more allergies, no more skin conditions, no more arthritis, no more sleeplessness. Everything will be made right. Why wouldn't you want to tell somebody about this? Why wouldn't you want to sit down with them in love and patience? Maybe open up a Bible. Ask them, hey, do you have a Bible? They'll dust it off and bring it to you because they probably got one as, you know, when they were in school. If they were Catholics, they got one they were confirmed or their families passed down. One of those giant monstrosities that you can put nails into walls with. Well, you you can't open up to the right word in Scripture if you don't know it, can you? And just book and chapter. You don't have to know the verse. You don't have to be the Bible, man. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Are you ready? I got a mystery for you. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal... Must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and the mortal put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus the Messiah. We know the truth, it is the Lord. We know the way to eternal life, it is the Lord. We know the entrance to the Father, the gate, the door to the Father, it is the Lord. I saw this um, section here in something called the Encyclopedia of Jesus' Life and Time, and it was written in a way that um, the individual says this and the Lord responds. This is a response from the Lord. And this is going to speak to somebody. I, I, I almost didn't include it. But I feel like this is for somebody specific. My child, the more you depart from yourself, the more you'll be able to enter into me. As the giving up of the exterior things brings interior peace So the forsaking of self unites you to God. I will have you learn perfect surrender to my will, without contradiction or complaint. Follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. I am the way which you must follow, the truth which you must believe, the life for which you must hope. I am the inviolable way, the infallible truth, the unending life. I am the way that is straight, the su- tr- supreme truth, the life that is true, the blessed uncreated life. If you abide my way, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And you shall attain life everlasting let go of yourself let go of your preconceived notions let go of your man-made dreams or, or 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 commitments or whatever you've made to the world if the lord's calling you then answer the call put those things which are behind you behind let them go answer the call get with him C.S. Lewis says when the author, meaning God, when the author of all things walks on the stage, the play is over. God is going to invade, all right, so something so beautiful to some of us and so terrible to others that none of us will have any choice left. For this time it will be God without disguise and it will be too late then to choose your side. I found this song, I don't know who this person is, his name is Barry Rouse, it was written in 1960, I can't find any more about him, otherwise I would tell you, as I always do, I found this on uh, timelesstruths.org music, it's called He Is Everything To Me. When I was in trouble, my way was dark as night, but Jesus gave me comfort and brought me to the light. He took away my sorrow and made my burden light. He is everything to me. If it wasn't for the Lord, tell me what would I do? Oh, tell me what would I do? Oh, tell me what would I do if it wasn't for the Lord? Tell me what would I do? He is everything to me. He's water in dry places. He's bread in a starving land. He is my rock and shelter. He holds me by the hand and when my ha- my friends forsake me close by my side he'll stand he is everything to me so when my life is ended and i must surely die then he will be my gateway up to that home on high in that golden city there'll be no more goodbyes he is everything to me he is everything to us. He is exalted. He is before all things. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He is the one who is, who was, and is to come. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He's the door to the sheep. He is the good shepherd. He is the resurrection. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. He is I am. You are, Lord. You're everything. There's none like you. There's nothing like you. We desire nothing but you. When we come together to worship or come together to learn, it's about you. It's not about secular things or humanistic things or things that the enemy, no, it's about you, Lord, and only you. About a virgin birth, about a perfect sinless life, about a bloody cross, about an empty tomb, about fire in an upper upper room, about a resurrection from the dead and rising on high. You're everything, Lord. It's all about you. We want it. I know I want it. And anybody out there who's listening that wants it is telling you right now they want more, more of you. They want to love you more. They want to understand you more. They want to see and feel you more in their life. As you shine your glory down upon us, Lord, drive off all the things of darkness. Drive off all the things of this world. Drive off all the things we've dragged with us from Egypt. We don't need them anymore. Leave them in the wilderness leave them in the desert. We're going to the promised land. Holy Spirit, take this word, apply it to each and every person as it needs to be applied, even to me as I've listened, as I've spoken, as I've written. But Lord, you are everything to us, and we love you. We need you and want you. In Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may Adonai, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Gunn. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.